Hello and welcome to Stories for Grace Renee. This is an oral history podcast. In this series, you will hear stories of the lives of our family, as told to my daughter, Grace Renee. The stories cover four generations, three continents, and a huge variety of topics. I asked Grace if she wanted to make an intro for this podcast series, and she did. Here's what she had to say. I love to be with my family all day, but don't forget, I also have my friends at school, and then the tea with Today's story comes from Grace's great-grandmother, her Mimor. She is an African-American woman from Tennessee, and her story is about her dream of becoming a nurse and her experiences working at St. Jude's Hospital for 38 years. Trigger warning, this story does contain references to child deaths in hospital, so if that's something that you're not comfortable listening to, please do skip this episode. Now, Grace's great-grandmother is 88 years old and uh, has quite a strong accent so I hope this episode is clear but I've also included a transcript of the episode in the show notes if any of you would like to follow along to make sure you don't miss any of the details. I always wanted to be a nurse and that led up to my job that I ended up with for 38 years, I always um, would admire the, the ladies in their white dresses and white shoes. And that's us, because we didn't have TVs to watch, so if you didn't see a few people in the neighborhood, that's all you saw. And they would be so helpful to people. And I said, that's what I want to be when I get big. How old do you think you were then? It was, I was around eight or nine because my mother hadn't passed. And um, I would go... Um, play with my little brother as the nurse. I put that we didn't have band-aid. I just put a rag on his leg like it's a bandage. And how did he feel about that being your patient? Was he happy about that? Yeah, because we was all in the young, you know, the last and we was closer in age together and we played with each other you know I play his game 
shooting marbles, and he, he let me he be my patient. So that's where we grew up together until Mama passed, and then one of my daddy's sisters took him to Texas with her. And the other sister moved in with us and took care the other four kids. How old were you when that happened? Uh, I was nine because I was still in, in middle school. And I, I remember eight. So he had gone to live with the aunt that you're named after? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he went to Texas. So how many kids did that mean were left at home then? Four. Five of us in the home. And so at that time you knew you wanted to be a nurse, but how, uh-huh. but how did you end up... Um, So when you say dietary, what what's that? What did, what kind of things would you do? Working in the kitchen and helping with the patients' food. And um, I worked back there. I started as the helping with the salads and that um, what you call it, pastries, things like that. And then um, the girl that fixed the patient food, one of them quit. So they had to have a helper. So he moved me over to that section to help with the children food. Because it was set up well. St. Jude said, the parents, they fed, you know, the parents their meals. So that's what the, um, back in the cafeteria was, the parents and the employees. And then they had a separate cook. 
kids had a separate part of the kitchen for the kids' food because they was on so many special kind of diets. So I worked there. Oh, I guess I worked there over in the kids' section about five years. And this young lady in housekeeping, she had went to night school and became a nurse's aide. And when I take my break, I would sit with her. And she told me, she said, you know you'd like um, being a nurse's aide. You ought to go to school and take that course. It don't take but nine months. And it was from six to nine at night. And it wasn't far from where I was working. So I talked to Pat and and told them they would have to be on while I go to night school. I said, y'all gonna have to help me with my with my homework just like that. And that's what I did. I went to night school and became a nurse's aide. That was as close to being a nurse as I got. But I really enjoyed it. I learned a lot. I used to help the doctors when they would do different procedures. I would volunteer and I helped the doctor once. At this point, Grace's great-grandmother describes a medical procedure that she participated in. I've chosen not to include that audio, even though her explanation is not graphic, but given that it describes a procedure on a child, I felt it could be potentially unsettling for some. The takeaway I get from the part of the story that you're not going to hear is that Grace's great-grandmother would have made a fabulous surgeon. One, because of her natural fascination with how things work, and two, because she is most definitely not in the least bit squeamish. You can take my word on that. Now back to the story. And every time they do something, I used to watch them do um, liver biopsies. And my sister uh, had to have a liver biopsy once. And she was afraid to have it. She said, have you ever seen them do a little biopsy? I said, no, I haven't. Because she wouldn't have did it if I had told them what they were going to (laughs) do. So you lied to her? (laughs) No, I told her, no, I've never seen them do that. Because, you know, I, we, she needed the biopsy because she had turned jaundice. And they wanted, you know, know what was going on with her. But I, I watched them do that. And see, with us working as a nurse's aide, when a kid passed, we was responsible for the kid. If it was your patient, you had to clean the 
icing up and clean their bed up. But for the parents come back in the room for the last time. And then after they stay with them a while, we was the ones had to take them down to the mall. It was hard on the heart. You know what I mean? Because if you got kids and you thinking that same thing could happen to your kids. Yeah. That that was one of the and they they tell you try not to get attached to the kids. And of course I had, um, I got attached to a 16-year-old black boy. He used to play in the band with um, Al Green. And he'd come in, and I was assigned to him. And every day I come in, the day shift would be saying, I'm so glad you're here, because I can't do anything right for your son. He, they, he tells me, Miss Daisy, don't do it like that. And I said, oh, Lord, have mercy. And my supervisor was saying, it's kind of bad when one attached to you and you get attached to him too. So the, the day I come in and everybody was looking funny, I said, oh, I know what done happened to myself. And it was true. I was glad I wasn't there. But he... It's, it, it really, you know, it made me, I think, watching those kids suffer, it made me be closer to my kids. Because you don't know how blessed you are when you got a healthy child until you be around somebody, some person that they child is, they don't know if they're going to be with them another day. But they have come a long ways from six to seven because I started there in 1967 and worked in 2005. In the same job? Um, and, and, now, see, I moved from dietary to war clerk. Well, I worked as a nursing assistant first, and then I moved from that to um, war clerk. That's what I was working when I retired. I, I don't think I could have worked with the kids that long. 
how long would the kids be with you like that that boy that you were describing how long would he have been on the ward for well that depends because some of them could depend on what they was coming in for because you know they they took them if a doctor recommended them there because we had kids that some doctors would recommend them for sickle cell because of the surgery being a research hospital. But uh, you had to be recommended there because you couldn't just bring them over there. And some of them stayed there months and finally they get where they could um, go to the hotel because they had hotels from the, the parents while they was, the patients were there. They get well enough to go to the hotel and come back to our patient if they had to come back for some fluid. And then if they get in remission, they'd be able to go home then. So was there often victories as well? Did you often get to say goodbye to kids who were healthy again? Yeah, I, 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 some of them were there when they would go home and be in remission and they come back for a visit. They come up to the flow where we would at just to say hello to the inpatient there. Yeah. And that's that's what that's the treat when you done seen one so sick and they walk back in there and hug you. Yeah. That's a good feeling. And they used to have Back when they was really, you know, researching on them, some of them would come in and they don't know if they're going to make it for Christmas. They start having Christmas in July. And we would be, <clears throat> we, the hospital would be set up just like at Christmas time in July for the kids. And they would be getting gifts, but they would, you know, was, some of them couldn't even hold the gift, but they was giving them a Christmas in July. But not, I don't think they even have it now since they have improved so much. It, yeah. it must have been an emotional roller coaster, though. Like every day. The honey, the little young nurses couldn't take it. They couldn't take it. Like I said, it work on your heart too. It is. If you, you got to be a person that you know, you got to be strong to work, especially so. 
some of them older nurses that done worked out so long. We'd be talking at break time. We'd be talking about how much time we spending at the hospital. We start calling that our second home. But that was my trip to St. Jude, and I'm I, I, I really I retired. Nine. You missed your family at, at work? And so I said, 
had as a ward clerk. What was the difference between that and your previous job as a nursing aide? Take off the doctor's order. 
the doctor ordered the request, you had to call the, you know, department and get a time and set up for that patient to go. And that that's, that is the job that I say the good law gave me because there's no way in the world with the education that I end up with, I could have kept a job that long. And if you've seen some doctors order a prescription a doctor can write, and you got to write what that prescription is and can't holler, spell it. And I stayed at that desk that long without getting rolled up for doing anything wrong. I would, I would even catch some of the doctors mistakes because of they figure how much medicine the kid should get by figuring up how much they weigh and they height. They figure up how many milligrams to give them. And we have some kids on daily weight, and we have to figure up that surface area for him to figure out the medicine. And some of them wouldn't be to look at the child's weight and change, and he'll go ahead and be using the weight of um, yesterday and the kid would be the lost weight. And I was, it's, it, it's, it's, you know, there's always one in a bunch gonna be the one that make your job hard. Some of the doctors, I would ask them if they checked the news surface area and they say, oh, I'm glad you brought that to my attention. Have you faxed that to pharmacy yet? And I tell him, no. He said, well, good, let me change that. <laughs> but there's one little old doctor. Me and him would have it. Just so you know, I have removed the name of this doctor from this story. Me and him would have it. He hated it. And that man would, he was, oh, he was so rude to folks. If you would be coming, you and him would get to the door at the same time. And he walked through the door. He let that door hit you in the face rather than that. Oh, wow. <laughs> You know, that he just, and um, we'd be sitting at the desk taking the auto, and they had 
we had a rack on one side for New Order. They had a big sign up there for New Order. And the rack after we take the orders off, that's where the nurse got it when she took the, you know, she had to sign the order and then it was, could go back on the rack. But instead of him putting his order up there in the new rack, he would bring that child over there and just throw it on the desk at you. He wouldn't lay it down, he'd just flop it over there. And the little nurses, they wouldn't say a word. And uh, me and the other ward clerk that worked together, she said, there's a doctor. When I see him go right out, I just get up and stand up. Say, because I'm tired of him throwing that child at me. I said, I am too. I said, and I'm going to tell him one day. And she said, baby, you're going to do it. I said, one of these days, I'm going to be thinking about, oh, I ain't got that child support check from Joe. I said, I'm going to be mad at every man. I said, when he throw that child at me, he going to be the one to get it. <laughs> and he come, one day he came up and throw that child in the field. Now, I'm writing. It hit my hand, knocked the pen out of my hand. And when he did that, I pushed that chair back, uh, back and jumped up. I said, that, and he turned around. He said, yes. I said, I know your mama didn't raise you that way. He said, yes. I said, I know your mama didn't raise you that way. I said, that child up there says new order. I said, and you threw that child down here on my hand. So hard you knocked the pen out of my hand, and I don't appreciate it. He didn't never say, I'm sorry. He just came over there and picked the child up and put it in the rack and walked off the floor. A couple of nurses were standing up there, and they said, Oh, Miss Daisy, oh. He probably gonna write you up. I said, excuse me? I said, I don't care if he write me up. I said, I didn't say nothing to him that you wouldn't have said if you wouldn't scared him. I said, but just like I got this job, I can get a job somewhere else. I ain't heard nothing from HR or nobody, no other doctors or nothing. But from then on, doctor would write his orders and put that child in that rat quest supposedly. <laughs> Helen said, what did you say to doctor? He ain't told the child at me since your incident. I said, I told him his mama didn't know. I know his mama didn't raise him that way. I said, a little bit more.
probably would have said something there. But that was the last they did that. And I am so thankful that I made it away from that job without ever having to go to HR. If they got anything in my record, they didn't tell me about it. And they gave, and they gave me two retirement parties. <laughs> but that was not, you know, that the first thing, because other doctors didn't treat us like that. He was the only one did that. And so the uh, supervisor said, well, they, I haven't heard anything. So um, I should have done did that to Dr. <laughs> Is there anything else that you want Grace to know about this story? I want her to follow her dream when she gets to be a big girl and do what she want to be as it is possible. I'd like to see her become one of those uh, people that's going to the space, help designing these new things. I don't want her to be an attorney. (laughs) (laughs) By way of explanation here, both of Grace's parents studied to be attorneys. This is uh, definitely a family joke. I want her to be uh, help design something, which I know they will. She probably be help designing that car that can fly because <laughs> they got them where they don't have the driver, so. By her time, they'll be flying them. Yeah. I just want her to be a happy woman. Do you think your job made you a happy woman? Yes, because I love that job. That, that, I think that's the reason I keep dreaming about it. It's two places I keep dreaming about things, and they say when you keep dreaming about Something like that is the happiest time of your life. And that's, I keep dreaming about the job and the neighborhood that we moved in when we moved in the project. And I keep dreaming about my neighbors and where we live over there and working at St. Jude and those were that.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Stories for Grace Renee. If you're enjoying this podcast series, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and think about leaving us a review so that others can find us. Also, a huge thank you to Audio Nautics for this version of Amazing Grace that we're using as our theme tune. And most of all, thank you to the family of Grace Renee. Thank you for your stories, your warmth, your laughter, and your love. <laughs>